celebrating our connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio. Here are your hosts, Al Abrams and Judy Francis. And your dream team, animal communicator Joy Turner, dog father Joey Villani, dog trainer Alan Cable, and veterinarian Dr. Debbie all here. Write this number on your unk, 1-866-405-8405. Or send us an email with your question at your voice at animalradio.com or even uh, tweet us. What, tweet us. what is an unk? Unk? I've never heard of an unk, and you're always talking about it. And I don't know uncle? what an unk and is. You don't, you don't have Do we ever know what Hal is really talking about? Okay. Do you guys no, know what an no, unk okay. is? Just... See, I'm not the only one. Uncle? Is that we're going to have, have a seance and try to get in touch with Hal's mind. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, weird, corrupted minds, we're going to talk to a shrink today. A doggy shrink? Is that what you would call it? A doggy behaviorist. Doggy a clinical behaviorist. medical doggy behaviorist. Apparently, they can have the same diseases and uh, psychotic illnesses that uh, I have. Apart from they live with humans, they pick them up from us. Well, you say psychotic, and you make them sound like they're carrying knives around and coming after you. <laughs> dogs are dogs are not malicious. I mean, they're they're not in that way, but they can be a little wacky. Well, I know that uh, you know, uh, Alan. You must get frustrated. I only get frustrated with doggy owners, never with the doggies. Well, yes, but you know, sometimes you you've got to look at it at the whole package. You know, animal behaviors are driven by what the people kind of teach or permit, and then you know, there's the dog that takes the opportunity. I'll tell you, boss, he pushes the envelope. You know, if he thinks yeah. he can get away with it, he will push. <laughs> he tests you. Do you have any animals, Alan, that you train that you just say, okay, I can't train him. I'm going to send him to the doggy shrink. I, I can't train it. The owners are kooky. Like, I have one guy, uh, the dog pees every time he comes home. But when he comes home, he's either happy or he's not happy, and he won't he won't crate the dog. So if his, his boss gives him a raise, he comes home, the dog has chewed something or done something that he's not supposed to do in the house, the guy's like, oh, you're a good dog. I got a raise. And the next day he comes home, the boss has chewed him out, and the dog's done something wrong, and he's mad. And he doesn't understand that the dog makes the association, I don't know what the heck's going to happen when this guy gets home. So he pees as soon as the guy walks through the door because he's so anxious and fearful. And the guy refuses to crate his dog and refuses. He does not understand that crating is a good thing. And he's actually helping his dog and hurting his dog by acting like a fool every time he comes home. He doesn't He doesn't get it. I guess the dogs can act a lot like their owners. I know Judy, for instance, her tail, Ladybug the Studio Stunt Dog, is always watching every single emotion that she has. Every Oh, yeah, they watch you. So I guess they if you're a nut. If you're a nutcase, your dog could be a nutcase, too. Is, is is that it? If you're a nutcase, your dog most certainly will be a nutcase because your dog needs consistency and your dog needs leadership and calm, secure, confident leadership to be happy. Dogs need that. They have to have it. And if you're a lunatic, you're going to create a lunatic dog. You're going to have a dog that's... Just a dog can become dangerous with an owner like that. Okay. Well, we'll find out more with. Uh, how do you pronounce her last name? Is it Malamad? Malamad. 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 Doctor Rachel Malamad. Well, and I'll screw up her name definitely when I speak to her in just a few minutes. Stacy, what are you working on? When you think of dolphins, you think of Flipper. You right. know, you you think of swimming with the dolphins. Peaceful, mild-mannered little animals. They're as good as dogs, really. It's kind of like the dog that can swim. <laughs> well, in the Ukraine, tell you what. They're teaching them to be attack dolphins. They're using them for combat. I'll tell you all about it. They've got guns and knives on their heads. Crazy stuff. <laughs> I'll tell you. Coming up on Animal Radio News. Only here on Animal Radio. I'm going to get one put them in my bathtub. Big old dolphin in your bathtub. Yes, an attack dolphin. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, and... 
to Harriet the Tortoise recently celebrated her 175th birthday at an Australian zoo. And just what do you get a 175-year-old tortoise who has everything? How about a pink hibiscus flower cake? Pink flowers wouldn't have worked for her first 100 years when they thought Harriet was a male. She was then called Harry. She's listed in the Guinness World Records as the oldest reptile and is probably the oldest animal of any kind. Zookeeper Richard Jackson said Harriet is doing fine. She likes to get out in the sun, eat some food, and wallow in the mud. Just like many seniors of the human species, this gal shows no signs of slowing down. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio. Here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Mm, what is it? Election Day is Tuesday. Wow. Thank God this whole thing will be over. Oh, I can't wait. I got enough my ride in. Enough. I'm riding Ladybug in. Good. I do too. Good. That makes maybe, three votes. maybe she'll win. <laughs> Wouldn't she make a good president? Hey, she'd be better than what's out there. Yeah, well, okay. Let's not get partisan here, but she would do a pretty good job, I'd say that. What are her promises? Has she made any campaign promises? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's beautiful. That's her promise. That is, that is beautiful. A dog butt for every house. Do we get one of those? Kibble. Kibble for every house. <laughs> Coming up on today's show, we have a doggy shrink in just a few minutes, as well as Dr. Gerald Post. He'll be talking to us about cancer and your pets. What's a doggy shrink, though? Does the dog lay down on the couch and, um, you know, <laughs> tell, tell them there? Let me tell you, I missed the, my calling. I missed my calling because what what can be better than that, a doggy shrink? I could do I'd that. I'd rather be a monkey shrink. I want to find out why they're so mad. Uh, monkeys are mad? Yeah, they're always biting people, you know. And throwing, 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 throwing poop and stuff. Yeah. It's probably... what, what, is wrong, what is the deal with monkeys and people? I would just like to talk to the monkeys about that. I think the monkeys are just mad because their show's been canceled. Animal practice canceled from NBC. <laughs> and, uh, no big loss there, huh? Hey, Stacy, what are you working on? Okay, what scares a pronghorn antelope more than anything? And as a result, Wyoming has spent $10 million so that they're not scared. I'll tell you all about it. I'll let you guess. Guess what do you, what do you think it is? What could it be? You won't believe it. Coming up. Lonely cowboys. That's what the answer is. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. <laughs> Let's uh, take one for Dr. Debbie. We have Casey on the phone. Hey, Casey. Hi there. What's going on? Well, we have a boxer about seven years old. We've uh female. She's been not eating for the last three weeks, and uh, we took her to the vet a couple times, and she's had the barium test, and they didn't see anything wrong, and then we finally ended up having surgery this last week, and there was no obstruction and no cancer, but she had a very swollen red stomach, and she's throwing up all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they got her on metronanazole okay. uh, twice a day. Um, and she's had diarrhea. Uh, today, she's got really runny yellow mucus on her nose, and we've been having to puree her food and feed her through a turkey baster lately because she hasn't been eating at all. Wow. Now, so does she have any difficulty swallowing the food, or is it she just has no interest to eat? No interest at all to eat. They did When they, when they did the uh, surgery, she, the doctor said he had a, a really red, swollen stomach, and they did a biopsy, but he wasn't sure what it could have been. Hmm, interesting. 
So let's see. So I'm backing up a little bit. So the primary concerns that she was having was not eating, and she was having diarrhea. Yes, that was okay. that was when we first uh, had the problems. Okay, and then was she vomiting as well? Yeah, she was vomiting uh, pretty much every day. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I applaud your veterinarian because that is uh, sometimes when we have these very extreme cases, and three weeks is a long time to not be eating. She must be really kind of just thinning herself out. Yeah, she's um, lost about 13 pounds. Wow, wow. Um, so, yeah, sometimes an exploratory is exactly what needs to be done. Um, it's just a little disheartening that we didn't get the answers we were hoping for. Um, sometimes it's kind of an art of finding the right spots to biopsy. Sometimes it's because there's nothing there, and we're really looking for more of a, a metabolic problem. Um, but, yeah, during an exploratory, I like to biopsy pretty much almost anything I can. So if the stomach looked abnormal, take a piece of that. Small bowel, take a piece of that. And in some cases with biopsy, Boxers, we talk about colon disorders, so um, even biopsying the colon. Um, that may not have to be done during surgery. It can be done endoscopically. Um, but boxers are a breed that can get some very strange um, uh, colon diseases. Uh, there's a histiocytic uh, ulcerative colitis type problem that they get. And you, you check the stomach, you're not going to find it. You have to check the colon for that. Right. Um, but definitely there are some other things, if they sampled the stomach and got back nothing meaningful and really felt very comfortable with those findings, then there's still other avenues or other areas that we'd be looking at. So whether that has to be another resampling, like a, a, a scoping in a biopsy, um, or if we're going to go looking in other directions. Um, some of the other directions that I think of for a dog that's not eating, losing, waiting, having GI signs um, might be some uh, different types of fungal infections that can occur in some dogs. Um, and uh, that can somewhat be different parts of the country where they can get different uh, fungal organisms that affect the GI tract, um, as well as um, Addison's disease, which is kind of a adrenal gland disease, which can cause wasting, vomiting, diarrhea, not eating. Um, and that's actually detected more by a hormone test uh, where we check cortisone levels in dogs. So that's you know kind of something we would think about as well. And then, did you say if she had any other type of symptoms, any kind of neck pain or anything else? Doesn't seem to have any kind of pain at all. She has a today. She's developed a really yellow mucus, runny nose, Hmm. and that wasn't something. But other than that, I mean, she's just very lethargic. And um, today, she seems somewhat better, but uh, except for the nasal part. And then, of course, we just haven't been able to get her to. eat anything but she drinks water so mm-hmm. we've been throwing some pedialyte in the a little bit in the water to keep her electrolytes up right um, right yeah i mean this this sounds like this is very a very challenging situation um for both you her and and your veterinarian because there's definitely something much more going on here um it sounds like we're going to be looking for something a little bit more obscure and not quite so obvious well he was thinking prednisone later if it didn't seem if that turned out to be something of a, like a colitis or anything like mm-hmm. that. But, Absolutely, uh, and that's exactly what sounds like your veterinarian was thinking of was this ulcerative colitis. So, yeah, for some dogs, I'll put them on if if we're not going to go any further, going rebiopsying things like that. Sometimes it's worth a, a round of prednisone. And for the boxers with the ulcerative colitis, um, some findings actually indicate that there may be an antibiotic responsiveness to some of these pets. Um, so, putting them on a specific antibiotic called Batrol. 
or enrofloxacin can be helpful. Um, and it's for just a certain subset of diseases that that might be helpful. But that could be something. And I'm sure he's probably, your vet's already done some extreme, extreme dewormings, um, but uh, fenbendazole is a dewormer that we like to use for chronic diarrhea um, GI cases. Um, and then many dogs with chronic diarrhea, I will do a... Um, uh, a screen for uh, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, so there's a cobalamin and folate. These are different B vitamins that can be depleted with chronic intestinal disease. So that may not necessarily, it can help diagnose the condition, but it also can give us some direction to help treat. Um, and many dogs with chronic small bowel disease can't absorb these n- nutrients. So they, they actually get really low on their B vitamins and can't yeah. rebound by just feeding them that. So they have to be um, replenished by actually injection methods. So that might be something else that we could consider to try to kind of therapeutically help this kid out. Well, she was eating fine up until the time. I mean, she was, she would have, it was not a problem to make her eat before, but mm. it just, it's, she just all of a sudden just shut off. Well, I, I hope we, we get somewhere with her, and my best wishes go to you. I hope she's feeling better and eating soon. You know, I'm sure you're looking forward to those days where uh, she would eat anything and everything off your, off your uh, table. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> she is a beggar. <laughs> well, thank you for your call, and uh, this thank is Dr. You. Debbie. We're here for your calls, whether it be a behavior, medicine, or animal communication need. Give us a call, 1-866-405-8405. This Portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Stella and Chewies. It's natural goodness for dogs made with raw USDA inspected meat. It's raised naturally with no added hormones or antibiotics. And now, even for your cats, they have a great cat food. Visit StellaandChewies.com if you'd like a free sample. Head on over to our website at AnimalRadio.com and uh, all the information over there. Send us a self-addressed stamped envelope and we'll get you a sample of Stella and Chewies. This is Judy from Animal Radio. For months now, I've been telling you about the Stella and Chewy's dog food. Now I want to tell you about their cat food, made with 100% raw meat. And just like all Stella and Chewy's products, these dinners are made without grains, fillers, artificial preservatives, colorings, sugar, or salt. They come in four flavors, Chick Chick Chicken, Super Beef Alicious, Charming Chicken and Beef, and Yummy Lickin' Salmon and Chicken. Visit their website at StellaandChewy's.com. That's Chewy's, C-H-E-W-Y-N. What moves me? When I was younger, I ran everywhere. Then life took over. Suddenly it was trains, planes, and automobiles. Then I started running again, and I wasn't as limber. It was cartilage loss. I started taking Move Free Maintains and Repairs. It helps my body maintain more cartilage. And now, there's no looking back. Move Free Maintains and Repairs. Healthy joints move free. Ladies, how many pounds have you gained since you turned 40? If you're like most women, probably 10 or more. But hundreds of thousands of women have discovered the secret to losing weight after 40. It's called Amberin, and it's the only product on the market today clinically proven to cause sustained weight loss for women over 40 with no special diets or exercise programs. You can try Amberin absolutely risk-free and get a one-month supply free by calling 1-800-685-0205. The leading cause of weight gain in women over 40 is hormonal imbalance. 
balance. Until you balance your hormones, losing weight can be practically impossible. Amberin balances hormones naturally, so the extra weight can fall right off. Yes, even that stubborn tummy fat. Plus, Amberin relieves other symptoms of hormonal imbalance, like hot flashes, night sweats, low libido, sleeplessness, and more. Be one of the first 50 callers right now, and they'll send you a complimentary risk-free trial with a 30-day supply free. Free supplies are limited, so call now. 1-800-685-0205. That's 1-800-685-0205. This is Animal Radio, baby. Let's uh, go to Sigonia. What a beautiful name. Hi, Sigonia. How are you? Hi, it's actually Sigonia, but thank Sigonia. you. Okay. Yeah. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Palos Verdes. Los Angeles area? Uh-huh. What's going on, and how can we help you? Well, I have two Yorkies, and the one that's really in question is Tucker. She had been lost for literally over, uh, over a year. She was returned to us, finally, thankfully, through a ship. Um, so we've had her back now for about six years. And during that time that she was gone, we got another dog, also a Yorkie. So they're two females. And from the beginning, Tucker, the one that was lost, had tried to kind of assert her dominance. And Lucy was pretty passive, but now Lucy has gotten definitely more aggressive. Well, the biggest problem recently that has happened is that I'm virtually positive it's Tucker that has recently started to pee on a couch and defecate on an ottoman. I mean, she's had, you know, quote, the accidents before or not using the potty pad and using it on a carpet or something, but never on furniture, ever. And she did it twice, urinating, and once defecating. Just more like desperate, obviously, for answers right now. She doesn't appear to have any kind of uh, physical problem. You know, she's eating and playing and doing all that kind of stuff, so it doesn't appear that there's an illness, but I haven't... You're stressed out out and anxious about the whole thing, right? Uh, Well, don't like dogs peeing and pooping on my furniture. (laughs) Of course not. Uh, What do you do when your dog pees and poops, when you find it, what do you do? What's the first thing you do? Um... Probably yell. You yell, okay. Yeah. And, and you're oh, yelling at the do- and you're yelling at the dog. Um, well, I have. Well, first, no. When I first discovered, not at the dog, but because I do believe that that was the dog that brought it in. I do bring her in to look at it. And, and, and see, that just does no good because uh, about a minute after she does it, she doesn't even remember doing it. She just knows it's poop and pee. That's all. That's all she's getting from it, and she's getting that you're mad because there's poop and pee, but she doesn't associate doing it and you being mad. Right. So, you know, look at you have two dogs basically fighting for dominance and it's very very common for a dog's age to determine their dominance. Like they a dog gets a little older, they become a little bit more aggressive. So they're challenging each other. But the real problem is is that you're not the leader. You have to be in charge. The dogs can't be in charge. And when dogs are in charge, it causes stress and anxiety and all kinds of problems like chewing, peeing, biting, barking, all kinds of problems. So you have to change your behavior, you have to be a calm, confident leader, and you have to be in charge. And there are things you can do. First of all, you've got to keep the dog that's peeing inside of a crate so that she or he can't do it. Okay, And then you've got to have structure so that the dogs go out the same time each day. And you talked about food. You've got to be in control of the food. 
So the dog doesn't just get the food. You hold on to the food. You stand there. You make the dog sit, and then you put the food down, and you make the dog wait until you say it's okay to eat the food. You know, there's a lot of things you can do to demonstrate you're a leader, like not letting the dog sit on the couch where you sit. If the dog's on your furniture and, and it's in your spot, you push it out of the way. When you walk the dogs, you've got to walk them together. They've got to be at your side, not, not in front of you. They've got to be at your side. When you enter the house, you've got to come in first. When you leave the house, you go out first. It's just simple little things like that to demonstrate you're in charge. And, and, and as several far as of those things that you mentioned, and I have listened to it, and I um, do several of those things. I, the one problem that I will really say I, I have a tremendous challenge with is if I try and create this dog, she screams at the most horrendous pitch, unending. Well, you've got to, then you've got to teach her that the crate is a good place. See, all of this stuff takes a lot of patience, persistence, and time. It doesn't happen overnight. So basically, what you have to do is teach her the crate is a fun place to be. And you, you leave the door open, you start feeding her in the crate. You give her treats when she's in the crate. You leave the door open. When she starts being comfortable enough to go in the crate by herself, you'll start closing the door for 20 minutes. Minutes, and then you'll lengthen it to 40 minutes, and then you'll lengthen it to 50 minutes, and you'll give her treats while she's in there, and you're always happy when she comes out. But a dog that hasn't been crated its whole life, well, yeah, it's not going to want to go in there. Now, as far as barking and making noise, you've got to learn to ignore that. And, and a good place, a good thing to do with a dog that's barking or a dog that is making noise and, and, and you don't want to give that dog attention but it's driving you crazy is if you have a laundry room or a closet or some room like that that you don't use in your house, you can make that a room where a dog goes to have basically a timeout. It's a timeout room. When your dog is barking and misbehaving, you tell your dog, hey, I'm going to put you in timeout. And you put the dog in a quiet, dark room for about 15, 20 minutes. They hate that. And they hate going there. And they learn very, very quickly that you're not going to pay any attention to them when they bark. You're only going to pay attention and give affection when they're calm, when they're behaving mellow, when they're laying there on their rug. You never give a dog attention except when they're doing what you want. When they're doing what you don't want, you totally ignore them. They pick up on it fast. When they poop in the house, unless you're catching them in the act, you know, punishing them after does no good. It just teaches them that you're a kook, that you're 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 anxious and neurotic, and and, and you're going to get crazy if you see poop in the house. They don't know they did it though. Alan, you always do mention that we have to keep the medical thoughts in mind. But yes, I have actually yes. seen a change in, in many situations where there's a change in the hierarchy of the household, where the the older, the dominant dog suddenly is being challenged by the younger dogs in the home in yes. different ways. And sometimes right. this can actually be a clue that there. There is a medical problem wrong with the older dog. So even though she seems perfectly fine, um, you know, I would certainly recommend getting her checked out, especially for urinary tract issues, lower spine issues, arthritis, because those can also contribute to some of the problems of with mobility, where she may choose to go where she's at, and she may be saying, hey, this is my central zone, this is my area, I'm going to kind of mark it, but I'm also having trouble getting outside, and I, I don't want to show my weakness. So, and that's a great point, and, and that's a great point. The other thing you need to do is get an enzyme cleaner because she'll keep marking those same spots unless you yeah. keep her away from them. But that's a great point, Dr. Debbie. And, and Dr. Debbie's absolutely right. Dogs are constantly challenging you, and they're challenging each other to redefine the, the pack hierarchy. They're going to do that. But it's very important for you to be the head dog, to be the leader. And you do that with your actions, your body language, and your temperament, not with words. 
So, um, and I've heard everything you said, and I will definitely apply those things. I, the, the biggest challenge, once again, is the horrendous, piercing, screaming bark that I'm concerned, quite honestly, for my neighbors as well as for myself because it is non-ending. I, when she was a puppy and we were crating her, it was so unbelievably disruptive that I, I couldn't continue to allow it to happen. Well, she she has learned that by doing that bark, she sooner or later is going to get you to react. And when you stop reacting, the barking will go away. It might take a long time. You have to be consistent, patient, positive, and calm. And you have to be prepared for a, a, you know, when you bring a puppy home, what does a puppy do? I told my wife when we brought my dog home, I, I tried to prepare her. For two weeks, he is going to scream and bark and cry and it's going to be very disturbing. And she said, oh, no problem. Well, after three days, she's like, bring him back. I go, I told you. I told you. You're ripping the dog away from, you know, its little dog pack, its mother, its family, you know, everything it's ever known. You're changing the environment. It's shocking to a dog. And so you're going to get that kind of behavior. But over time, with calm, persistent, uh, steadfast behavior on your part, being a leader, the behavior goes away because dogs want to please you. And they want to do what makes you happy. They just have to know what that is. Now, if a dog is screaming and barking and making a piercing sound and you react to it, well, the dog's going to continue to do that behavior because the dog's getting a reaction. When when the dog stops getting your attention and reaction, the dog is going to look for a way to get attention and reaction. And you have to teach your dog the only way to get attention from you is to be calm and behave well. And and so you always reward your dog for, for the behavior that you're looking for, and you never react to the behavior you're not looking for, which includes picking your dog up. You know, if you have a little dog and every time a dog comes around, your dog gets aggressive and you pick that dog up, you're telling your dog, hey, yeah, you're right. There's something to be afraid of here. That's why I'm picking you up. And you're acting right. You're, you're doing a good thing here. So it's it's real subtle. The messages we send our dogs, very subtle. You have to think about what you're doing. Thank you for your call today, Sagoina. Good luck with that. one 405 This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Pets Day. It's a unique program for guests and their four-legged friends available at Flamingo. Bally's and Harris Resorts in Las Vegas. It includes the food, the water dish, the sleeping mat, dog treats, and even a specialty room service menu. You can find out more at Caesars.com slash Vegas. And tonight in Las Vegas, oh, you'll love this if you love the book Fifty Shades, which I, I guess is one of those books that everyone's talking about. Fifty Shades, I, of, Fifty gray. shades of Gray. Fifty Shades of Gray. I have not picked it up yet. I guess it's a I little bit I think it's a chick shade. flick, isn't it? Or is it not a chick flick? Or a chick the, book. It's a chick book. It is book, a chick book. From what I understand. I haven't seen it. I haven't read it, but I've heard it's very steamy. Well, right there in Las Vegas, the Fifty Shades parody. Already Spank have a parody. Is happening what at is the it? Crown. Spank? Spank is happening at the Crown Theater at the Rio. Tickets start at $39.95. Did you know Fifty Shades of Grey has actually surpassed Harry Potter in sales? Wow. Well, sex sells, I'll tell you. <laughs> so bring your pet and check out Spank tonight at the Crown Theater. Pets Day, thank you so much for sponsoring Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio. Maybe your dog can sit. Maybe he can roll over. Maybe he can even play dead. But when you tell him to stay, he's never done it like this. 
Caesars Palace, Paris, and Planet Hollywood Resorts in Las Vegas proudly announce pet-friendly accommodations. Our new pet stay program includes in-room accommodations for up to two dogs, food and water dishes, sleeping mat, dog treats, specialty room service menus, and more. Book your stay at Caesars.com slash PetStayLasVegas or call 800-427-7247. Help prevent pests on your pet with monthly topical flea or tick treatments. Advantage 2 for cats or dogs kills through contact, so fleas don't have to bite to die. Canine Advantix 2, which is for dogs only, repels and kills ticks, fleas, and mosquitoes, repels biting flies, and kills lice. Advantage 2 and Canine Advantix 2 kill all flea life stages, including eggs and larvae. Advantage 2 and Canine Advantix 2 are recommended by veterinarians and are available at animal hospitals and pet specialty retailers. I have some exciting news for sports fans out there, or if you like to go to concerts or theater, this is for you too. I'd love to take my two sons to a football game, but jeez, have you seen the prices of those tickets? But I've discovered a new site called scorebig.com, and get this, you can get tickets to NFL, baseball, NBA, always below box office price guaranteed. It turns out that all the venues want their events to look like they're sold out. This scorebig.com grabs the unsold tickets and sells them at huge discounts, so you can save up to 60% on VIP tickets. And there's even more exciting news for radio listeners, Go to scorebig.com right now and you'll get an extra $10 off your first purchase. That's an extra $10 off already incredibly low price tickets. Now, this is a limited time offer, so don't wait. The only way to get an extra $10 off is to go to scorebig.com and type in the promo code 5858 at checkout. That's scorebig.com promo code 5858. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by the Scoop-Free Self-Cleaning Litter Box. Never see, touch, or smell messy waste again. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. Well, another recall for pet snack food, Nature's Recipe brand. They're voluntarily recalling a limited supply of Nature's Recipe oven-baked biscuits with real chicken. Sounds good. Don't eat them, though. <laughs> Don't eat them. They're manufactured in one of their U.S. production facilities, and it's being done as a precautionary measure as the product has the potential to be contaminated with salmonella. Salmonella, of course, can affect animals who eat the products, and there's risks to humans if you handle contaminated pet products. A beekeeping company in Washington State, they're trying to recover after an unexpected visit from a Winnie the Pooh impersonator. Ballard Bee Company founder Corky Luster told ComoNews.com a pair of bears destroyed 36 hives at their farm last week. Said the hungry animals ate about $1,200 worth of honey. That's a lot of honey. It doesn't include all the damage they did to the actual hives. But Luster's not too mad at the bears, who had never previously invaded the Ballard Bee Company. Said it just kind of comes with the territory, but that doesn't mean he isn't working to make sure it doesn't happen again. He and his fellow beekeepers have since reinforced the wire fence surrounding the hives, and they've added an energizer that's going to shock any potential thieves. A wildlife expert says that a um, giant eyeball, you know, you saw pictures of it probably, it washed ashore on a Florida beach. It actually belongs to a swordfish. They weren't sure who it went to. This creepy softball-sized eye was picked up at a Pompano beach. A Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission expert says that based on the size, color, and structure of the eyeball, it probably came from a swordfish. Well, people who like to swim with dolphins may want to watch out if they happen to be in the waters near the Ukraine. The Ukrainian Navy has uh, restarted its marine mammal program, and it's reportedly 
training dolphins to attack enemy combat swimmers using special knives or guns that are being attached to the animals' heads. A Ukrainian uh, news agency reported the unusual tactics are being put into place to defend ships in port. The dolphins are also being trained to search for mines, and then they mark them with buoys. It apparently is not the first time a country has armed dolphins in the name of national security. The Soviet Navy once deployed dolphins with hypodermic syringes, whoa, and also allegedly trained the animals to attack mines to ships. And here I thought they were all like Flipper. Flipper. <laughs> Remember Flipper, that TV show? It was the friendliest dolphin. Everybody wanted to have Flipper in their backyard. Even if you didn't have a pool, you'd put him in your tub. All right. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by the Scoop Free Self Cleaning Litter Box. Just replace a disposable litter tray once every few weeks and never handle messy waste again. Learn more at scoopfree.com. Do you enjoy cleaning your cat's litter box? <laughs> I didn't think so. Scoop Free is the litter box that cleans itself, so you don't have to. Scoop Free automatically rakes waste away, but unlike other systems, you can leave Scoop Free alone for weeks at a time without handling waste or refilling litter. All you do is replace a disposable litter tray, and you'll never see, smell, or touch messy waste again. Learn more about the number one rated automatic litter box at scoopfree.com. What dog food is specifically designed to reduce the risk of cancer, settle digestive upsets, reduce scratching and shedding? Canine caviar. What dog food reduces red tear stains and hot spots? Canine caviar. What dog food has probiotics that reduce the chance of soft stools and have a higher calorie count for better nutrient absorption? Canine caviar. So what are you feeding your dog? If you didn't answer Canine Caviar, visit CanineCaviar.com today and get your pet started on a longer, healthier life. Ladies, how many pounds have you gained since you turned 40? If you're like most women, probably 10 or more. But hundreds of thousands of women have discovered the secret to losing weight after 40. It's called Amberin, and it's the only product on the market today clinically proven to cause sustained weight loss for women over 40. With no special diets or exercise programs, you can try Amberin absolutely risk-free and get a one-month supply free by calling 1-800-685-0205. The leading cause of weight gain in women over 40 is hormonal imbalance. Until you balance your hormones, losing weight can be practically impossible. Amberin balances hormones naturally, so the extra weight can fall right off. Yes, even that stubborn tummy fat. Plus, Amberin relieves other symptoms of hormonal imbalance, like hot flashes, night sweats, low libido, sleeplessness, and more. Be one of the first 50 callers right now, and they'll send you a complimentary risk-free trial with a 30-day supply free. Free supplies are limited, so call now. 1-800-685-0205. That's 1-800-685-0205. It's Animal Radio. And Judy, I I don't want you to take any offense when I say this. What? Ladybug's a little bit uh, oh, spoiled. <laughs> she she's uh, well, you you kind of treat her kind of spoiled like, and she she's one of those kids. She's a, she's going to be a problem child when she grows up. I well, think. she is growing going up. to be. Wait a minute. Yeah, she is kind of grown up. She's four now, but uh, we're working on it. She's actually becoming much better. Mm, maybe she should have a session with our next guest, who's a clinical behavioral therapist. Dr. Rachel Malamed. Is it Malamed? Am I pronouncing your name right, doctor? 
Um, it's it's Malamed, but Malamed. That's close mm-hmm. enough. I'm know? sorry about. <laughs> if anyone could mess up anybody's name, I'm the one to do that. You wouldn't be the first to mess up my name. So, you <laughs> so you're kind of like a doggy shrink, aren't you? Um, I guess in a way, I'm. You know, first and foremost, I'm a veterinarian. Um, I'm board certified in clinical behavioral medicine, having gone back to school for an additional three years of residency training. So um, I purely treat behavioral issues in, in animals. Well, I know a lot of people turn in their animals. I can never do this, but I know people that will turn in their animals because there's a behavior problem, and that's where you're on the front line, right? Absolutely. Behavior problems are the a leading cause of animal relinquishment, and um, it's quite sad. You know, animals have serious behavioral issues, and they deal with a lot of um, guilt because they don't know. They've tried everything. They don't know what to do, and often, you know, the behavior problems are so severe that they end up relinquishing their pets, and ultimately, those pets may be euthanized. So it, it is a very, um, you know, important issue. How often is it just a medical issue that's the underlying? cause of a behavior problem? You know, um, quite often, actually, when a a pet is ill or not feeling well, um, typically behavioral changes are the first things to manifest. And so, you know, if there's ever a sudden behavioral change um, or even a subtle behavioral change, you definitely want to have your your veterinarian have a look at your pet and make sure that there isn't anything physical going on, that, um, you know, physical problems can cause all sorts of behavioral issues. Well, that's why Alan's always saying check with your vet before he gives any advice out because it could be some medical issue. Do you use medications with your treatment? I know that my shrink has me on a whole bunch of different medications. Which which aren't working. His shrink told him never to come back. He's crazy. (laughs) Well, you know, we do use medications, although they're not the first line of treatment. Um, They're sort of reserved for, you know, serious or specific behavioral issues, um, in, always in combination with behavior modification. Um, we don't ever use them, you know, on their own. It's used as an adjunct or to facilitate the behavior modification process to make it go um, a little smoother. Um, but there is no magic pill. And, you know, we always tell people that without actually addressing the underlying cause through behavior modification, um, the medications may not be very helpful. Isn't a lot of the time the problem is really rooted in the human in the relationship and not really the pet? <laughs> it's a good question. I mean, I think that there, you know, there's various reasons for behavioral problems. It can result from, you know, medical condition, as we discussed, um, learned fearful associations or conflict over mm-hmm. rules and social structure or neurochemical imbalances. So, you know, and sometimes humans are definitely involved in... Go, go <laughs> ahead and say it, because yeah, I know that know. our dogs, you know, they're tapped into exactly how we're feeling, and so if you're a nut, your dog's going to be a nut, right? <laughs> yeah, I think, well, you know, I think that they can sense our tension, too, and mm-hmm. and, you know, often people... Um, may not be aware of certain stressors in the environment or things that they do that may affect their pets. And sometimes, you know, irregardless of what the owners do or how they act, the pets may still have problems that may be abnormal and rooted in Hey, genetics. doctor, I'm, I'm a real big believer in having a plan. So for everybody listening right now who might be thinking of getting a dog, what would you tell them to do to prepare to get a dog, to educate themselves to bring a dog home? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think that, you know, it really depends on, on your lifestyle and, um, you know, if you live in a small apartment and you, you work ex- 
extensive hours, you may not want to get a large breed, very um, energetic, active dog that requires a lot of, you know, trips to the dog park or walks outside. Um, you may want to get a smaller breed dog. So I think that it really depends on your lifestyle, but talking to a, an animal professional may be able to help you select the right pet for you and your family is really important. Some of the common problems, there's a whole laundry list of common problems that uh, dogs have. What would you say is the most unusual behavioral problem that you've ever had to deal with? Okay. Um, well, I would say there's certain repetitive behaviors um, such as um, fly snapping. So the dogs will sort of, you know, snap the air as if they're um, going for imaginary flies. And this is a behavior that is you know, quite serious, and in most cases, it's abnormal. And um, sometimes there's a physical problem. Um, there was one case when I was doing my residency of a dog that had an, an eye problem, um, had you know something wrong with its eyes, and this is was part of the reason why it was doing this behavior. And so we have to address that problem. Um, sometimes there's a combination of medical and behavioral issues. I had one animal, one dog that was uh, doing the fly snapping behavior every time the owner uh, used the blow dryer. <laughs> so, you know, he was actually reacting to stressors and this dog was showing other signs of anxiety. And so we had to change this dog's emotional response to the, to the stressors in the environment. And um, we also used medication in that case, you know, and sometimes that can be related to a neurological disease as well. Um, so that I would say that those types of behaviors are quite uncommon, but they do happen and they are treatable. I imagine dogs like every like humans. Some can be bipolar. Some can be uh, depressed. Yeah, and we do use a lot of the same medications that are used in human medicine. So a lot of the same anti-anxiety medications. Although we don't know exactly, you know that you know the animal brain and the way the pathways. Um, you know, the, in, in the canine are the same as humans, but, you know, an overwhelming number of pets have behavioral issues that are a result of anxiety. For example, 17% yeah. of the canine population suffers from separation anxiety, and yeah. this is a really serious welfare concern because a lot of these animals are destructive. They're, you know, they escape, sometimes getting hit by cars or causing themselves injury, and often in these cases, we do need to use a combination of medication and also behavior modification, and yes, there may be neurochemical pathways in these dogs' brains that are um, abnormal, just like in, in humans. All very fascinating. Let me give out the website, behaviordogter.com. That's D-O-G-T-O-R, dogter, behaviordogter.com. Of course, we'll put a link at uh, animalradio.com. What are we going to find over at the website, Doc? Um, just more information about what exactly is a board-certified veterinary behaviorist, um, what we can do to help. There may be other links or resources. And I also might add that um, the American College of Veterinary Behaviorists has a website. It's www.acvb.org. And if you're looking to consult with a veterinary behaviorist, you can go to the website and there's a listing of veterinary behaviorists who are available in your area. There aren't very many of us, unfortunately, but um, that's the website you would also want to check out if you want to find a, a veterinary behaviorist in your area. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Rachel Malam Malamed? Malamed. You got it. <laughs> you, got, you know, it's all Malamed. <laughs> Very fascinating information there. I'm going to head over to the website right now. We okay, appreciate great. It. Well, thank you so much for having me. Let's head back to the phones and answer some of your questions. one 405 8405 Oh, I meant to ask her about doggy schizophrenia. Poor Hal. Hal, your therapist just called. He's under his couch, toes down, and he refuses to come out. <laughs> Animal Radio is brought to you by 
Help prevent pests on your pet with monthly topical flea or tick treatments. Advantage 2 for cats or dogs. Kills through contact, so fleas don't have to bite to die. Canine Advantix 2, which is for dogs only, repels and kills ticks, fleas, and mosquitoes. Repels biting flies and kills lice. Radio. Don't forget, you can send us your emails, your voice at animalradio.com. This one just came in. I guess this will be for uh, Dr. Debbie. A uh, lady writes, she is a female cat, and uh, she's... she's uh, I was having some re-incomprehension I really am today. today. <laughs> oh, he, didn't, he didn't study his notes that I gave him before the show. He doesn't do what he's supposed to. No. She has a female cat. And her friend is bringing over a male cat, and it's temporary for five weeks. What is the best way to get them adjusted? Oh, well, it's, it's a temporary uh, meeting of the cats. The first thing I would say is, do we really need to? Do we have to have them together? Because that's a short time in cat worlds. Um, it can take weeks or months for cats to acclimate. So if it's really essential that you bring the kitty into the same household environment, then then we'll go forward. But if not, maybe staying at home with some home care might be the best choice. So, but when we do introduce cats, we got to do it slowly. So it could take several weeks of gradual introduction through closed doors, uh, exchanging um, bedding so that they have different scents so they can get acclimated to the scent and the sound of this other critter. Um, and then with kitties, I would always, always control the feeding and do that at the time when the other cat is in the nearby area. And the idea is we pair the other cat's presence with something really good like food. And, and with cats, that's about all you can kind of do to positively reward them. Um, so make sure we work on that. And, and, you know, by the end of five weeks, we'd love to have them liking or tolerating each other. Um, but if it doesn't happen and we have altercations, you know, the best thing would be to keep these kitties in separate wings of the house and uh, keep them safe from each other. Mm-hmm. Do you have problems down, down there at the office where cats see each other and they get all uh, uptight? Yeah, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I'm not really a huge fan on the the, the clinic cats is because sometimes oh. cats will give off uh, pheromones or hisses, sounds that will um, kind of irritate the other cats around them. So if we have a troublesome cat, you know, usually like in the hospitalized area, we like to actually kind of give them a quiet spot away from the general population, if you will, because we don't want them to kind of have their bad vibes um, affect everybody else. And then we'll use pheromones, and then we do use things like treats and low lights and, and, and low sounds just to kind of make sure it's a good kitty friendly environment my dog hates the vet he's aggressive in the veterinary office there's nothing i can do i would need to create another association i would have to go there every day for two months because he had his operations on his legs there and he associates the vet with pain so he wants to kill the vet and you know basically the only thing i can do is stand there i never sit i stand there calm and confident he gets a lot of that energy from me he's confident but at the same time he feels very threatened and you know they're little examining rooms He's cornered, they come in, and he just wants to kill them. And that's the only place he has aggressive behavior is at the vet's office. Now, please tell me, Alan, that you're not sitting there. You're not sitting there petting him and saying, it's okay, you're a good boy. No, 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 because that if you did that, that would absolutely tell him.
him one thing, that his behavior is okay, that he's doing the right thing, that he has a reason to be fearful. So you give him no attention in that situation. You just stand there calm, confident, and when he's calm and confident, you give him a little pat. But when he's outrageous, you just move him and redirect him and correct him so that he you know, basically gives him, it's like a tap on the shoulder. It doesn't really work well for a long period of time, but it does redirect him for a second, and he loses the aggression when I redirect him. I just walk him away from the vet in a circle so that the, his back is faced, and then I bring him back. But the vet's terrified of him and can't get close to him. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. It's Animal Radio. Grab your pets. Bring them around the radio. We got our pets. Boss is here. Miles. <laughs> <Cut on. laughs> I'm amazed at how Ladybug and Boss get along. I thought there would be a little bit of conflict, but they seem to get along pretty well. Uh, they're kind of ignoring each other. Is that what's happening? Yeah. <sighs> she's a little bit of a diva, you know, and he's just she is. like a good old boy. <laughs> a little bit of a diva? Yeah, she, she's a lot of diva, <laughs> okay. let's face it. And by I'll the admit. way, write her in this Tuesday <laughs> for uh, the elections. This portion of Animal Radio is made possible by Lubricin. Don't let your pets suffer with joint discomfort. End their discomfort with Lubricin. It tastes great, and animals love it. Visit them at www.lubricin.com. That's L-U-B-R-I-S-Y-N.com. And don't forget, you'll get 25% off your first order with the code Animal Radio. Animal Radio. And uh, have we have we doing five any attention today? Not much at all. Hey, That's Ken, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Where Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Wisconsin. Hey, West, I have, Wisconsin. I have two issues. Okay. I have a, a nine-month-old Shih Tzu. Okay? okay. He's Shih Tzu and, and Pomeranian. And the problem is, is I can't keep him out of the cat litter box. For some oh, reason, boy. he thinks the cat litter box is a treat box. But it is. It's totally a treat for Roca. Almond Roca. That's my description of it. They love it. <laughs> Just, you know, it's uh, it's kind of weird. I love my dog to death, don't get me wrong, but um, it's to the point now where I will not let him kiss me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Definitely. I don't blame you there, Ken. And, and, you know, there's kind of a three-pronged approach that I have when a doggy is um, dipping into the kitty litter box for a little snack. <laughs> so a couple of things we can try. One, you can certainly try. We can try um, deterring them based on the taste of the stool, which sounds really crazy because um, um, dogs are really drawn to cat poop. It, it really is. It's, it's kind of a self-rewarding behavior eating this stuff. It's like caviar. Um, it is. Yes. I'm wondering. I'm wondering because my cat has uh, loves to eat the dog food. I'm wondering if that's part of the problem. Nah, not likely. Not likely. This is just something that dogs enjoy doing. There's some behavioral uh, drives from um, puppyhood, and sometimes it's just a matter of they love ingesting the stuff. It's fun. Um, so we can try feeding your kitty something that makes the poop taste bad. Um, those are usually MSG-containing um, products. In my experience, cats don't take those as well as dogs, so that may not be the best avenue for you. Um, cleanup of the stool is the second-prong approach, and now most people always say, 
say I'm really good about cleaning the poop every day and scooping once to twice a day, and that's great. But for cats and in dogs that are in a household that do this, what I like to do are get the automatic litter boxes. It's one of the best ways that you can ensure that cat litter box is clean as much as we can during the parts of the day. So one of those automatic boxes, um, that would be one of my therapy choices for you. Okay. What about putting the cat litter box where the dog can't get to it, like above the ground? Where <laughs> Absolutely. The cat can get to it? You got it, Alan. And that, that was my third part, was really to make it uncomfortable or make it difficult for the dog to get to the litter box. And we could do that by elevating the litter box and putting that like on a little stage where the dog can't get to it. And you know, the second question was, um, being, uh, I got this dog when he was born, first born, and litter of pups, and his sister turned out to be psychotic. I mean, to the point where nobody could go near her. Hmm, and okay. I wanted to breed him, but I'm afraid, rumor has it that there was some inbreeding done, I'm not sure by which mother, father, or whatever, but I'm wondering if these traits will carry over. Well, I'm sure Alan may have something to say about this, but I'll, I'll say first that there is a, there is certainly a tendency towards inherited behavior. Um, you know, we used to have uh, golden retrievers and Labrador retrievers that were all super wonderful, sweet over the decades. And, and there's actually an increasing rate of dogs that have fearful behaviors and aggression-related behaviors. So when we do encounter these type of problems, it's, it is wise to try to not breed within that line. Now, one dog does not make a pattern, so I would certainly look at the other dogs that might be related to that dog and see whether or not that's going to be the best choice. Um, Alan, do you have anything there? Well, you know, every now and then dogs are like people in the, in the sense that you can uh, every now and then come across an insane dog, but usually when dogs are aggressive, it's because of the, you know, the owners and it's because of something that happened to a dog in the beginning. You know, some dogs are a little bit more fearful than others. Some breeds are more fearful than others. They, they have those traits, but when a dog becomes aggressive, it's usually because of something that the owner is doing you know, or not doing. And, uh, you know, sometimes you'll see dogs get aggressive and the owners uh, meet aggression with aggression. And we all know what happens when you've got two guys in a bar and they're arguing with each other. The aggression <laughs> escalates. You know, the more aggressive people are, the more aggressive the dog's going to be usually. Wow. And that's that's the number one reason why dogs get put down is aggression. It's a very misunderstood problem. Uh, as a last resort, some people will go to folks like Dr. Debbie and they'll use medication. Okay. Yeah. Well, you... I'm a first-time listener. I just got the satellite radio. I love your show. Well, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We we need all the listeners we can get. 1-866-405-8405. That is toll-free to connect with our dream team. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Dog trainer Alan Cable. Dog father Joey Volani or animal communicator Joey Turner. We're all here at your beck and call. Election day just around the corner, as I mentioned earlier. At this time of the year, autumn coming in, there's a lot of dangers that your pets can get into. Like Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, she's out in the garage on the driveway rolling in the stains of antifree. Oh, come I, on now, Hal, we've talked about I this. I know this. Well, what oh, are you driving? Wait, get rid of that Pinto already. Get yourself a car <laughs> yeah. that works. Well, you know, you raise a really good point. Antifreeze is, is such a big thing we worry about in the cold weather months, and it's so toxic to animals, especially kitties. Just a little teaspoon can be fatal for these guys. So you got to clean wow. this up, Hal. It's very important to clean it up. And for any listeners, if you even suspect that your cat or dog has ingested antifreeze, you, you need to see the vet immediately because sometimes they don't always seem really sick at the beginning and the signs lag for some hours or even days. So you really want to get them into the vet immediately as it's very dangerous, causes kidney failure. Now, isn't there that uh, antifreeze that pets aren't supposed to like? 
like. I yeah, heard they were about... supposed to add, do some additive that was supposed to make it taste funky for animals. I don't know if that was passed that all antifreezes had to contain this chemical. Well, and a lot of them are actually moving over to more that contain propylene glycol, which is a, a lesser toxic ingredient. Um, and there's one called Sierra, which has kind of been um, popular with people that are savvy to this problem. Um, so that's one way to go if you are looking out for pets in your neighborhood or even your own pets is to, to go to one of those non-toxic forms. Mm, this is more of a hazard for uh, dogs because I guess it, it tastes sweet and cats just don't have that sweet receptor. Well, you know what? Cats will drink this stuff. So you really, they, they will go after it. They are drawn to it. So um, because it just takes such a tiny little bit for cats, you really need to watch them closely. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets. Celebrating our connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio. Here are your hosts, Al Abrams and Judy Francis. And lest us not forget, your dream team. They are to my left, Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. To my right, dog trainer Alan Cable, dog father Joey Volani, and animal communicator Joy Turner. And it's toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. Today on the big show, we hear so much about cancer and how it's affecting our pets. You probably know somebody who's been affected by cancer, not themselves necessarily, but their animals. Because three out of four of these animals, some breeds in, in particular, will succumb to cancer. I don't know if it's the food. You know, you can you can ask all kinds of people. Yeah, well, tell you. I think it's a lot of the cleaning products, it the has chemicals. To be. They're walking it's, on the floor. You're, yeah. you're right. It exactly. has to be all of all of all the that above. Combination. Because, you know, I see it all the time. Matter of fact, I had um, cancer in my dogs. Oh, um, really? My one Karen, yeah, my oh. my one Karen Buster, um, twice um, came up with cancer stage two about five years ago, where they thought they were going to have to take his front leg and. Thank oh, God wow. for a wonderful hospital, cancer hospital in, in New York. They, so they he survived cancer. cancer, is what you're saying. He survived cancer that um, most dogs don't survive, and um, you know he's been fine since. We go every six months, and we get a test called a Buffy coat, which I don't know what the hell it actually is, but it, it detects if the, if the cancer is, is you know still in the body. And um, he's been clean. He's 12 years old or 11 years old wow. now, and he's um, you know he's he's doing good. As a groomer, how many cancers have you detected? in other people's pets. I, I couldn't count them all a lot. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we find... You, you you find unusual things on the dog that that a lot of um, owners don't don't know, and it could be something really subtle underneath the skin because you're clipping the dog and you're stretching the skin. And all of a sudden, you feel something, um, and you know you let them know and you hope that they go to the veterinarian. But I've had so many people come back to us and just say thank you very much. You saved my dog's life. My dog wow. had the you know the the starting um you know um, beginnings of cancer, and um, we groomers find it a lot. We really do okay well we'll find out more about this with dr gerald post in just a few minutes i understand you're also going to be talking about our little achy feet not your feet they are yeah. little oh, feet. Not my um, feet um we're no, talking about uh, pets yeah. feet it's an we're, we're talking about pets feet you said my aching feet um so i just you know figured i talked and he said him, little no, yes. he doesn't yeah, have exactly feet. exactly i can i can sit in those shoes um <laughs> Anyway, yeah. but yes, I am going to talk about taking care of your dog's pads, okay? So you have nice, soft, and healthy feet. Okay. How's that? That's great. That's on You're the way. You're blushing oh, you know what they say, you. big feet. Uh, Stacy, save us. What's going on? Can you imagine that somebody would be selling dinosaur bones on the black market? No way. I mean, how can you get away with that? <laughs> 
where can you say you got these? I, there's only so many that are around. You know, it's not like you could say, oh, they were in my backyard. I dug them up. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll tell you about this. Uh, this guy's got dinosaur bones that he was trying to sell. Hot dinosaur bones. <laughs> Want to buy one? Yeah, uh, it's like, all coming up on Animal Radio News. See, okay. Well, you know, I, I know found my friends one in my yard, would... why couldn't I sell it? Why Why couldn't I? I mean, if I found a dinosaur bone, what's wrong with selling it? What's wrong with that? <laughs> uh, and I saw that you have some dinosaur bones up on eBay. I noticed that. Yeah. I was just... oh, That was his mother-in-law. <laughs> oh. You can't do anything anymore. A couple of weeks ago, the guy was illegally collecting deer urine. You're not allowed to do that. You can't sell dinosaur bones. What's next? You know, what is next? <laughs> That's all on the way right here on Animal Radio. Let's connect with you right now. 1-866-405-8405. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A curious deer in Palo Alto, California, got his head stuck in a plastic pumpkin head bucket left over from Halloween. The deer was found by Chia Wu, who called an animal control officer after she was unable to convince the deer to let her help him. Officer William Warrior tried to calmly catch the deer, who kept running into trees with a pumpkin hat acting as a helmet. By anticipating the deer's movements, Warrior was able to get ahead of it and free the disoriented deer from the pumpkin head. The very thankful deer returned to the woods au natural. Warrior said it was a first for him, although he occasionally finds skunks with their heads trapped in your play containers. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio. Here are your hosts, Al Abrams and Judy Francis. And your dream team is in place, including Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, who's actually fielding some calls today from, uh, I believe, potential other dogs that might vote for her for president this weekend. She's talking about her platform. Uh, Judy's actually screening some calls, too. For Dr. Debbie, Alan Cable, dog father Joey Villani, and animal communicator Joy Turner. In just a few minutes, we're going to talk to Dr. Gerald Post a little bit about cancer and uh, dogs and cats. Apparently, it's uh, more prevalent than uh, I ever thought. Stacy, what do you got going on? Somebody broke into a beekeeping company in Washington State, and guess how much honey they stole? $1,200 worth of honey. Wow. And that doesn't include all the damage they did to the hives. Oh. Yep. It was Winnie the Pooh. It was. I'll tell you. Coming up on Animal Radio News. We have, uh, is it Lois? Hey, Lois. Hi. How are you today? Good. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I have talked to... I just to found th- you. Huh? You just found us? Yeah. Where have you been? I missed you. I was going, where is <laughs> Lois? Where is she? I- and I'll just introduce you to the staff real fast since you're new, okay? Lois, I want you to meet Dr. Debbie. Hey there. She's our veterinarian. Uh, She'll answer your vet medical questions. Uh, animal communicator Joy Turner. She can communicate with your animals. She can Hello. Joey Villani. Joey is like a groomer. You might have seen him on Animal Planet. You watch Animal Planet at all? No, I don't. Okay, so then you haven't seen him. So he's brand new to you. But he can help <laughs> you with any grooming questions. But I understand today you have a medical question for which I have Dr. Debbie right here for you. <laughs> okay. Hi. So what do you have going on, Lois? Okay, I have two more pieces. Uh... One, I was, someone gave her to me, said, please take my baby. I just can't, you know, handle her. Well, I took her, and she has this problem where she licks her feet. She licks and she licks. She wakes me up at night, she licks. She's got my other Maltese licking. I've been to the vet 
they gave her, really told me to get Benadryl. That worked okay. when it rose off. Then, of course, you know, it's back again. Then uh, I went back to the vet, and they gave her some steroids, which I didn't like, but we tried it. Didn't have any, any you know, I bought some expensive tubes that stuff is supposed to make her not lick. And she licked. You can hold her and love on her, and as you're doing it, she licks. Oh, so you said the other dog is now doing this behavior as well? The other dog is now doing it, yes, ma'am. And that's what I had since four months old. Oh, okay. Now, on the foot area, do you see any areas where there's lost hair or there's sores or red spots? No, but I did go to groomers. They used to go once a month. They had that real long hair before, but I had groomers cut it all off. They gave her... uh, they gave both of them a, a poodle puppy feet cut. But, you okay, know, sure. There was no, you know, shaving. They're all shaved off except for their ears and their tail. And okay. they just lick. So my friend said, well, just follow them out. Just poke them a little like a mother dog would and go, eh. So I did <laughs> that. <laughs> and it worked, but I'm not always there to do that. And well, sure, you got to sleep at night, started. right, Lois? <laughs> Oh, geez. The number one thing that causes dogs to lick their feet is allergies, the whole category of allergies in some form, whether they're inhalant allergies or food-related allergies. And if we saw some improvement with Benadryl, you know, maybe it's, you know, an allergy kind of playing role. But uh, you said the prednisone, the steroid, nothing happened with that and nothing got better? The Benadryl slowed it down. So as it wore off, they started licking. And I don't want to keep them you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, if a, a pet isn't responding with an itching or a licking behavior when we're giving a steroid, to me it says, eh, let's stop our direction because, you know, generally that works pretty nicely for most types of allergies. It doesn't work super for food-related allergies. So my number one thing I'd say is in that category is, you know, I get these kids on a hypoallergenic diet, something that's um, prescribed by your veterinarian pref- preferably so they can guide you through those steps and find something, stick with that for about four to six weeks and see if the foot licking um, decreases. If not, we may try another diet. But that's one thing that um, we can try from the source and try um, more uh, directly to control some of this itching. The other things to think about, when I have a dog that's itching and licking and I have multiple dogs in the house all doing the same behavior, i got to think about something infectious. And you know, not to scare you or freak you out, but there are some types of infections that um, dogs can have that can mimic normal things like allergies that we kind of blame for just about every skin condition out there. Um, And it's natural. We just want to, you know, kind of say, oh, he's just got allergies. That's why he licks that hole in his side or chews his feet or always has sores on his belly. That's a common thing. But we can see microscopic parasites or mites that can be present in sometimes just select areas of a pet's body. It doesn't always have to be generalized like fleas or ticks. The other thing is we can run into um, uh, fungal infections, kind of like ringworm. And the foot area is not uncommon to either mites or fungal infections. So that for me would be, you know, I, I love CSI. I love kind of getting to the nitty-gritty of finding out why these things happen and not just trying to throw medicine at, at animals that we don't really need to. So my recommendation would be have your vet take a couple samples, have them check for mites, have them check for a ringworm by a test method, and um, 
try to rule that out as a possibility. But many pets, I will actually go on forward. If we've got multiple doggies in the house, I'll treat them for mites for a couple months and see if we're seeing any improvement in that foot licking and chewing. Um, because honestly, I can't tell you how many pets that I've seen come in year after year. Oh, I need medicine for the allergies. And then one time I finally get my samples and I finally get to do some tests and I say, wow, how do you feel about your dog having mites in their feet or in their back all this time? And we've been using the wrong approach. So, so definitely I'd say, you know, that would be one important step for you there. And, uh, you know, there are some doggies that foot licking, it can be a behavioral uh, problem. So almost like an OCD issue. Um, before I blame that as a possible thing for your babies, um, you know, I'd want to make sure we check out these medical things and, and see if we can try some other remedies. Because, yeah, there, there's a lot more we can do for your babies there. Um, and little Maltesis, I bet their little feet are probably kind of stained red or even brown if they're licking them a lot, yeah. huh? Yeah, it's a rusty looking, especially on Eggs. the one that was given to me. The other one, she just she doesn't do it that much, but uh, when she sees the one do it, then she starts to do it. If I'm home, I say no, you know. She mm-hmm. still starts to look at me, glare at me. Oh, yeah, but you know, these white dogs typically, this brown staining, it almost looks like rust on their fur. It's from a pigment that is found in dog saliva and in their tears. So it's not blood necessarily, things like that. But yeah, that very kind of red brown staining is just a sign. It's a veterinary sign. We look around. If I see that, I usually can tell, ah, your baby's been licking, huh? <laughs> so. And, and so. she also, she told a petter, she'll lick your hand as you come into your. The child pattern, she licks through the whole tree. That tongue just never stops. Oh, okay, yeah. She, so she might have a little bit of some uh, doggy OCD there for that explanation. So, oh gosh, there's so many things we can try for your baby, and I think that's might be the the key here is we, we need to kind of start some other remedies, do a little diagnostic test, and make sure we head down the right path here. Because um, yeah, the, we could have a lot of different options here for your baby, and what might be the right answer. So I hope that's not too much info to throw at you there, Lois. But we can do some things and, and uh, give your babies a little scratch on the head and a little a lick on the ear if they like that or if you want to do that. <laughs> You're not grossed out. <laughs> this is Dr. Debbie. We are waiting for your call at 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Animal Radio is brought to you by Natural Balance Pet Food, the finest food you can buy for the health of your pet. No matter which line of Natural Balance Pet Food you choose, you know it will truly be the food for a lifetime. Visit www.naturalbalance.net to learn more. Because animals can't speak for themselves, Lupercin is committed to giving them a voice. Pets with undiagnosed arthritis suffer in silence. Be their hero. Give them all-natural Lupercin. Lupercin's oral joint supplement acts as a natural lubricant, ending your pet's discomfort. Lubricin has a formula for you, your pets, and your horses. Tastes great, and animals love it. Visit them at www.lubricin.com. That's L-U-B-R-I-S-Y-N.com. 
Hi, I'm Dick Van Patten. And I'm Jimmy Van Patten. And we're here to talk to you about our new line of alpha grain-free dog and cat formulas. And we've been the leaders in grain-free nutrition with our LID formulas before grain-free became a trend. Our new grain-free alpha formulas combine multiple high-quality proteins at balanced levels with unique fruits and vegetables for vitamins and antioxidants. For more information on alpha and all of my dog and cat food formulas, visit naturalbalanceinc.com. If occasional digestive issues are making you feel twisted up, count on Digestive Advantage from Schiff. Its advanced probiotic survives to deliver good bacteria where you need it for healthy digestion. Take the Digestive Advantage 14-day challenge with a money-back guarantee. Go to digestiveadvantage.com for details. The probiotic that survives. That's the Digestive Advantage. Take the 14-day challenge at digestiveadvantage.com. Hey, honey. Hi, Dad. What's your drawing? It's our house. That's you. Oh. Me. Huh? Mom and Josh. Wow. Playing ball. You are becoming quite the artist. When you're a kid, you don't know that home ownership builds communities. That owning a home contributes to higher self-esteem and better test scores. You just know that home is where you play, grow, and learn. The National Association of Realtors wants you to know that home ownership matters to our families, our neighborhoods, and our country. Learn more at houselogic.com slash homeownership. Hi, this is Carrie Annie Nava from Dance with the Stars. Don't forget to stay new to your animals, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Just a few minutes, Joey Volani will tell us how to keep our dogs and cats, little pads, soft and supple. Give them a spa treatment. It's all in the way right That's here right. on Animal Radio. And uh, this portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Veteris and One Step Wound and Skin Care Products for hot spots, cuts, scratches, even rashes. Veterison is non-toxic, and it's safe for puppies and kittens. For more information, head on over to Veterison.com. That's V-E-T-E-R-I-C-Y-N.com. And we have five bottles to give away. Is that correct, Judith? I'll give away more than that. People want to call. Everybody call. I'll give you some. Oh, boy. <laughs> you really should have done that. I'll look at the lines now. All 13 lines lit up. Okay, that's You're 13. In trouble. 13 is lucky number. You're I'm giving away 13 of them. 13 bottles of Veteracin right now. This is awesome stuff. You should have it in your uh, first aid kit. It's great for rashes, hot spots. If you're there, the animal gets a little cut, like we had, uh, what, a tick and ladybug? Yeah. Pull that tick out. Mm-hmm. Helps it's heal. also helps heal uh, from surgery, from incisions, any kind of wounds, anything on your pet scrapes. It's great stuff. It kills 99.9% of bacteria, viruses, and fungi. And the beautiful thing is it doesn't sting like uh, the iodine that your mom put on your knee when you scraped your knee as a kid. Yeah, it's not harmful either if your pet decides to lick it. So we're giving away five, 13 bottles 13 right now? 13 bottles. Okay. one 405 Let's head on over to Christy. Hi, Christy. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for taking my call. What's going on? Uh, I have a dilemma. Okay, here it is. Mm-hmm. I have a min pen slash uh, chihuahua we got from the vet, or not the vet, the shelter, about five years ago. But ever since, he, every time it rains, he has a doggy door outside of the bathroom. He goes every time. But when it rains, he's terrified. Hmm. He will pee and poo, whatever, right outside the doggy door. So when I'm thinking, okay, I'll take him outside, 
and I'm going to go on a walk. I put little umbrellas over him. I have little doggy, <laughs> you know, things, booties. I have my umbrella over him, even my coat. And I'm sure my neighbors are thinking, here's this crazy lady <laughs> crouched down with like a coat. They're like, oh my God, who's this person? I have tried everything. And the thing is, he's terrorized and I don't want to jerk him or punish him when he does the wrong thing. But I, I want to get to the underlying problem. It, it's worse because when, let's say, I take him on a walk, there are sprinklers that a neighbor has put out, and there's wet pavement. He will stop in his tracks, and I have to lift him to go to a dry place. I don't, <laughs> it seems ridiculous. He is so terrified, and I'm not going to jerk him, you know, across the street or anything else. He's already terrified about the whole thing, which I don't know the underlying reason for that, but I feel sorry for him, and all he does is wait until I go in another room, you know, he pees right by the doggy door, never, ever, anywhere in the house. I don't know what to do. I've tried all these different things, and I'm completely out of ideas, so that's what I'm calling. I really help hope you can help me. You're a smart lady. You're a really smart lady, and, and it's really good what you said about not wanting to punish your dog. Do you have a uh, a place where you can watch the rain, where the rain won't fall, like an overhang or a little patio with a roof area? No, not really. Just- All right, well, then you know what you can do? I'll tell you what. You're going to start by creating really good positive associations for rain. And the way to start is because your dog's so terrified, the next time it rains, you're going to put your dog on a leash, you're going to walk over to the front door, and you're going to stand, you're not going to say anything, don't talk, just put your dog on a leash, open the front door, and stand there and watch the rain together. Don't move, don't talk, and every couple of minutes just go, good girl, good dog, and give her a treat, okay? And you're going to do that, you're going to do that for a while. Put these words in your mind, consistency, patience, positivity plant those okay. in your mind because that's that's what you're going to have to do and slowly but surely as your dog starts to calm and associate rain with hey i'm getting a treat when it rains you're going to go and take your dog for a short walk in the rain no umbrellas no booties no big you know how to do it's going to be very matter of fact or you might start doing it after it rains to you know to increase the association wait till after it rains take your dog for a walk on the wet pavement and every couple of you know every couple of minutes you're going to give your dog a treat and say good girl and you're going to build up to the point where you're actually walking your dog in the rain and giving her treats and praising her and then when it rains you're going to take your dog out on a leash not use the doggy door you're going to physically go out there with your dog but the thing you have to remember is you're not talking you're acting calm you're acting confident you're showing your dog that rain is nothing to be afraid of and indeed rain is something uh, that is really positive because i get treats and i get praise and over time you will associate your dog and rain with good things. You'll you'll eliminate the negative association. We don't know what that negative association is, but you know I'll tell you what. It's real common for dogs to be afraid of thunder and lightning and fireworks, and uh, she might associate rain with that, with a thunderstorm. So time, patience, consistency, and just realize you got to stick to the plan. You have to have a plan, and you got to stick to it. Uh, don't abandon the plan because you don't think it's working. It might take two, three, four months because it doesn't rain every day. So you're going to have to wait to do this how did this start 
because the thing is, you know what? The, it can start. It can start. Uh, it can start in a, in a variety of ways. Usually, uh, a dog will associate something with a bad event. So let's say when your dog was a puppy, there was a thunderstorm. Uh, that would create a negative, fearful association that you have not changed, and it would just manifest itself for whole life. So you have to replace the negative association with positive associations. How it started, we don't know. We weren't there when it started, so we can't answer that question. Since it doesn't rain a lot, can't she even get just a hose and wet some pavement yeah. and go sit yeah, on the pavement can, and bring your dog you with said her? She, you said she's afraid of sprinklers. You can just turn the sprinkler on and st- sit there, stand there. Don't sit. Stand next to your dog in the backyard and move her close to the sprinkler to the point where she starts to get anxious and stop right there, give her a treat, say, good girl, good dog, and just watch the sprinkler together. That's a great idea, Judy, great idea. Use the sprinkler to start it off. And that's a great idea. I never thought of that because the thing is, the worst thing, he's terrified. The worst thing I could do is yank the dog and say, come on, that's come right. on. No, I have to carry the dog. That sounds ridiculous. Well, the other thing is you don't want to carry your dog. You don't want to pick your dog. No. Because that, that, again, is reinforcing, you know, you're giving your dog attention, lots of attention, oh. and making her more fearful. You're, you're basically, when you pick your dog up in the rain, here's the message you're sending your dog. You're saying, yes, you should be scared. I'm scared, too. Oh, okay. You understand? So, so you want to be calm, patient, confident. Do not pick her up. Keep her on a leash. Don't take her out in the rain. Just watch the rain together. Watch the sprinkler together. And you're going to see over t- over time she starts to calm, and she'll start to associate the water with a good thing, meaning I'm getting treats and praise every time oh. water's around. I never thought of that because I was like my wits and I'm sure my neighbors when I bring the umbrella over and I'm sure they're thinking this lady is insane. They're watching her <laughs> she comes again with this dog. She's like a freak person because I try and I try. So and that's good. Well, I can I hear one- I can hear the I can hear the anxiety in your voice. So basically, when it rains, you're getting anxious, which makes your dog more anxious. Okay. Yeah. I'm just. And oddly, why is it he pees right outside the doggy door? I guess that's the most important place for him. Never, because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to go out near the rain. He doesn't want to go out in the rain. So he's peeing as close to the house oh. so he can get back in as he can without peeing oh. in the house, which is a really good thing because your dog is so well housebroken. Okay. He's a super dog, and I don't know. He was. I got him from the shelter. He was hit by a car. He had a fractured pelvis or whatever i'm sure it has nothing to do with that but he was you know i got him back to health and everything he is such a good dog and i can't now say let me ask not- you this i'm just i'm just curious is he terrified of cars you know why that's funny you say that he was hit by a car somebody brought him in and um he he was terrified going outside so i desensitized him it's not really cars when a truck goes by he is cringing and so little by little on that i praise him good toby oh that's so good good and he will go outside now on a walk no worries see. But I and you do that and you do the you you desensitize him to the rain the same exact way you keep a bucket of treats in your pocket and do okay. the same exact thing with the rain as you did with the truck oh thank you 
I, I was at my wit's end, and I really appreciate that. Thanks for your call, Christy. We appreciate it. And uh, if you need a follow-up, feel free to give us a call back at one 405 That is toll-free to the Dream Team here at Animal Radio. I was actually afraid of the rain for a while. I had to be dis- desensitized. Wait, did your mother oh, just yeah. lock you outside in rainstorms? Yeah, that was my problem. Well, I'm a little it. exhausted. I, I just got back from uh, teaching Honey Boo Boo not to bark at the window, so I'm a little <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Caesar Milan. When I'm not doing the dog whisper, I'm listening to Animal Radio. Stay balanced. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. Vetricin, a one-step wound and infection spray that works naturally with your animal's immune system to aid in the healing process. Vetricin reduces recovery time by up to 60% on hot spots, cuts, scratches, and even rashes. Vetricin is non-toxic and will not sting and is safe for puppies and kittens. This safe, easy-to-apply product makes caring for your pet's wounds or infections easy. For more information, go to vetricin.com. That's V-E-T. E-R-I-C-Y-N dot com. What dog food is specifically designed to reduce the risk of cancer, settle digestive upsets, reduce scratching and shedding? Canine caviar. What dog food reduces red tear stains and hot spots? Canine caviar. What dog food has probiotics that reduce the chance of soft stools and have a higher calorie count for better nutrient absorption? Canine caviar. So what are you feeding your dog? If you didn't answer Canine Caviar, visit CanineCaviar.com today and get your pet started on a longer, healthier life. I have some exciting news for sports fans out there. Or, if you like to go to concerts or theater, this is for you, too. I'd love to take my two sons to a football game, but jeez, have you seen the prices of those tickets? But I've discovered a new site called ScoreBig.com, and get this. You can get tickets to NFL, baseball, NBA, always below box office price, guaranteed. It turns out that all the venues want their events to look like they're sold out. This ScoreBig.com grabs the unsold tickets and sells them at huge discounts, so you can save up to 60% on VIP. Tickets. And there's even more exciting news for radio listeners. Go to scorebig.com right now and you'll get an extra $10 off your first purchase. That's an extra $10 off already incredibly low price tickets. Now, this is a limited time offer, so don't wait. The only way to get an extra $10 off is to go to scorebig.com and type in the promo code 5858 at checkout. That's scorebig.com promo code 5858. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Frolicat, the award-winning automatic pet toys that provide hours of fun for you and your pets. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. Well, guess what? Birds may not be the only animals that can sing. Mice are now next in line. Not only can mice sing, they also may be able to learn vocalizations from hearing other mice. Only humans, songbirds, parrots, and hummingbirds have so far been thought capable of vocal learning. But there's a new study, and it suggests that mice have limited versions of the brain and behavior traits for vocal learning that are found in humans for learning speech and in birds for learning songs. All of this according to Duke University neurobiologist Eric Jarvis. He said the study looked at the ultrasonic sounds that male mice make when they're wooing a female and found that the mice's vocalizations contain some features similar to those birds. Moreover, the scientists found that male mice actually rely on auditory feedback to make their songs, and in contradiction to earlier studies, mice actually sing in pitch. And you thought all they could do was squeak. 
See, what you have to do is you have to go, woohoo, sing it again, and light a lighter, like in a concert, and then you'll get the mice to do it again. All right, maybe not. Federal officials have arrested a Florida fossil dealer. He's embroiled in an ownership dispute over a dinosaur skeleton. They charged him with crimes related to a scheme to illegally import dinosaur fossils into the U.S. The dealer, his name is Eric Prokopi. He was arrested at his home in Gainesville, Florida. The Manhattan U.S. attorney has announced. The U.S. attorney had earlier filed a civil claim on the skeleton of a T-Rex-like dinosaur, which Prokopi attempted to sell at auction earlier this year. The Mongolian president, though, interceded, saying those fossils were almost certainly taken illegally from his country. It's a claim that's been supported by paleontologists. Well, now the legal battle has moved into criminal territory. In the statement, the U.S. attorney, Preet Bahara, referred to him as a one-man black market in prehistoric fossils. The charges against Prokopi also include those related to the sale of two other dinosaurs native to what is now Mongolia, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. How did this guy think he was going to get away with hiding a dinosaur fossil? I mean, it's not like you can say, oh, you know, it was in the back of my garage forever. I didn't know. All right, these guys are getting a pass, so to speak. The fastest land animal in the U.S. now has safe passage across a Wyoming highway, extending a seasonal migration that's been going on for 6,000 years. Pronghorn antelope, they've started using two overpasses atop of Highway 191. They were completed this fall. The importance of these overpasses and their use by pronghorn cannot be overstated, said Joel Berger. He's a wildlife conservation society scientist. And uh, what they do is they eliminate the danger of collisions, and they'll help preserve a spectacular element of our natural heritage, the longest mammal migration in the 48 contiguous United States. This entire $10 million project includes six underpasses used by deer, moose, elk, and other animals. Pronghorn got the overpasses because... They don't like going into tunnels. They have a fear. <laughs> I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Frolicat, the award-winning automatic pet toys that exercise and entertain your pets. Learn more at Frolicat.com. Cats need to stimulate their curiosity, and Frolicat toys automatically entertain and exercise your pet. Turn on Frolicat Bolt or Frolicat Dart and watch your cat chase after randomly generated laser patterns. Or program Frolicat Twitch to turn on automatically so your cat can play while you are away. Frolicat's award-winning designs fit into your modern home and are fun for you and your pet. Buy them at your favorite store or learn more at Frolicat.com. If you want to work until you drop, reduce your standard of living in retirement or lose more of your hard-earned money in the stock market, then just ignore me. But if you'd like to generate a steady, predictable income, I'm talking real wealth and financial security for as long as you live, then listen to this. A free report is now available that reveals the money-making secrets Wall Street and the banks don't want you to know. It reveals how you can get guaranteed growth, safety, and wealth-building power without risking your money in the Wall Street casino. To get your free special report, visit bankonyourself.com. That's bankonyourself.com. Fido-Friendly is the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each issue includes hotel and destination reviews along with health and wellness topics, dog training tips, and the latest fashion trends. Pick up a copy at Borders, Barnes & Noble, Hastings, or go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Fido-Friendly is the only magazine dedicated to the travel and lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. 
Because animals can't speak for themselves, Lupercin is committed to giving them a voice. Pets with undiagnosed arthritis suffer in silence. Be their hero. Give them all-natural Lupercin. Lupercin's oral joint supplement acts as a natural lubricant, ending your pet's discomfort. Lubricin has a formula for you, your pets, and your horses. Tastes great, and animals love it. Visit them at www.lubricin.com. That's L-U-B-R-I-S-Y-N.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Down one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Connect with the Dream Team. If you have any questions? It's open all week long. And don't forget the Animal Radio app for your smartphone. Download that and you can listen to the show anytime you want. Plus, ask your questions anytime you want. And by the way, that is available for both iPhone and Android. So go ahead and download that puppy now. Heading to line three right now, where we have Dr. Gerald Post on the phone. He is with the Veterinary Cancer Center out of Norwalk, Connecticut. Uh, doctor, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Listen, I wanted to get you on the phone. Joey's been talking to me about this. I feel it's really important. Our groomer is really our first defensive line against cancer with our pets. Correct. You know, I I can't tell you how many cases of cancer get detected first by the groomer who then tells the owner, and then they bring him in to see me. It's wonderful, um, and it's uh, I think groomers are an untapped resource for health maintenance and detecting cancer at a very early stage. I guess there's a really high percentage of animals, dogs especially, that succumb to cancer. More than uh, more than humans, is that correct? You're correct. So dogs get uh, cancer a little bit more frequently than people. Um, cats get cancer a little bit less frequently. But because they live for such a short period of time, you're looking at about 6 million new cases of cancer in dogs every year and 6 million new cases of cancer in cats every year. Jeez, why why so much? Is it is it the food? What is it that we're exposing them to? You know, I don't know that we know that. Certainly cancer um, can be caused by a variety of things, uh, diet, environmental factors, genetic factors. And so we're looking into those things, you know, now that the dog genome has been sequenced, you know, that those are, these are one of the things that we're going to be investigating over the next couple of years to try and figure out not only what causes cancer in dogs and cats, but potentially help us find, figure out what causes cancer in people. Do you notice any geographical tendencies, like more cases of cancer in different parts of the country? It's a great question, and um, we don't know that yet. There are at least two studies that I'm aware of going on across the country looking at the specific question that you asked as far as lymphoma. In other words, is lymphoma in dogs and cats, which is an incredibly common cancer, seen more frequently or in different um, areas, and does it manifest in different ways? So we're looking at two questions. Um, Does cancer occur differently um, as far as the types of cancer? 
And then also within the same cancers, do they behave differently based upon geography? I don't understand with, with groomers. Now, veterinarians, I thought you had to do testing to find out if it was cancer. Just what can a groomer tell me well, about my pet? I'll, I'll, if I can interject, um, we've had so many people over the years, um, only because we are looking at the pet in such an, I'm, I'm, I hate using the word intimate way, but we're looking in areas that you're not going to look in the general pet owner. Sure. You're not looking at, 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 at the anal, um, you know, squeezing the anal glands. You're not you're probably looking underneath in the private areas. You're not feeling under the arms all that much. I mean, some people do, but a lot of people don't. We do because we have to work in those areas. So what we'll find is, is we're going to find lumps. We're going to find bumps. We're going to find moles that don't look right. And we're going to tell Mrs. Jones, hopefully, if you're a good groomer, you're going to tell Mrs. Jones, you know, listen, go to your veterinarian, have this looked at because this could be a problem. And you don't know how many people have come back to me with tears in her eyes a lot of times saying thank you very much because this was the beginning of cancer you saved my dog so i I think and i I would add both of you are correct groomers absolutely find things that i would say most owners 99 percent of owners miss but veterinarians are needed to confirm the diagnosis in other words if a groomer finds a lump a bump a swelling or something that's just not normal then they would tell, tell the owner, the owner goes to their vet, and the vet would then, you're correct, need to do tests to determine is this benign, is it malignant, is it a problem, and so on. So it's really the combination of the two that is going to be um, incredibly important. You know, it's, it's the whole team approach. We are with Dr. Gerald Post from the Veterinary Cancer Center in Norwalk, Connecticut. You have sent me a list of the 10 warning signs of cancer. And I, these are so important, I want to share them with the audience one at a time, if you will, Doc. Sure. I would say that any abnormality, any change, whether it be a lump that has been the same for you know months or years, all of a sudden changing, whether it's an unexplained vomiting or diarrhea or loss of appetite, animals, just like people, can go through, you know, mild cycles of feeling better and sometimes feeling worse. But any prolonged period of not feeling well. And I would say especially in animals that are over, let's say, you know, six years of age or so, depending upon their breed. You know, for instance, you know, giant breed dogs age much quicker than small breed dogs. And so, you know, if a giant breed dog is over three or four, you may want to start going to your vet um, and doing blood work and chest x-rays a little bit more often. You know, certainly when my own dog was alive and was eight or nine years old, I, I started to do blood work, ultrasound, and x-rays every six months. Mm. You know? Do you notice any particular breeds are more predisposed to certain cancers than others? We certainly do. There's a whole list of um, different breeds and different cancers, but, uh, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, Goldens, we see a huge number of Mm. They're wonderful, wonderful animals. But, for instance, Goldens, Rottweilers, which I had a Rottweiler, flat-coated retrievers, boxers, those dogs have up to 60% of the breed is at some point affected with cancer. Wow. Oh, that's high. Wow, wow that's high. It, it, that's high. It's, it's huge. And, you know, again, now that we have the dog genome mapped, we're now able to answer, or we will be able to answer people's questions. In other words, is it a breed-related factor? Is it a dog-related factor? Or can we isolate those genes to certain families? Um, it's, it's a really important question, not only for dogs and cats, but also for people. 
because the relationship between breeds of dogs as far as genetics is really identical to um, looking at ethnic populations of people and figuring out how to kind of tease out the genetic implications of um, cancer in people. Well, we're able to do that in dogs much easier and much quicker because we have so much um, breed-related history, because breeders have done such a good job at documenting, you know, the lines. And, and again, now with the powerful tool of genomics, we'll be able to look at the genetics and say, ah, yes, your dog has a genetic risk factor for this type of cancer, or no, your dog has a very low chance of cancer. I doubt we're going to be able to say, you know, 100% sure, yes or no, but I think we will be able to look at the genetic, you know, risk. Fascinating subject. Uh, we are out of time, but I want to encourage people to check out your website, which is vcchope.com. And that, of course, is the Veterinary Cancer Center, vcchope.com. And uh, Dr. Gerald Post joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's, um, it's been a pleasure. We'll head back to the phones, one 405 next. This is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. Welcome, my friend. It's Animal Radio. As we celebrate our connection with your pets... Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. On the other side of that line and to my left, Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. To my right, dog trainer Alan Cable, straight center dog father Joey Volani, and on Skype, Joy Turner, our animal communicator, bridging that gap between you and your animals. They don't even need to be alive. It could be like your childhood animal you want to talk to. Let's see, we're going to uh, Jeannie, who actually wants to talk to animal communicator Joy Turner. Hi, Jeannie. How are you? Oh, I'm great. How are you? Good. What's going on in your world? Well, I'm a truck driver, but I'm taking a different job where I'll have more time to stop and play with the dog. And I want to know, will Marley please go with me if I take this other job? Oh, and he gave me a big, huge sigh about that, Jeannie. And he says, would it make your heart happy if he went with you? It'd make me really happy. I so miss my dog. He says he'll tell you what, he'll try it, but he can't guarantee he's going to like it or that he's going to appreciate it. He said, but at the very, very worst case, he'll do it once in a while with you. And he wants to know if that's an okay compromise if we try it. And if he likes it a lot, we can do it all the time. If he doesn't like it, he'll do it once in a while anyway. Yeah. Will you tell him that I'm going to take Dizzy and Kathy with me too? We're all going to go. Oh, in that case, he might like it a lot better, he says. He really appreciates... Having everybody <laughs> together, so he's really definitely do. willing with the other ones to to do that with you. Oh, good. Yeah, it'll be a, a slower pace, less stressful, and and there won't be any strangers. It'll be just family, you know. Okay, he's so much happier with that. He's very happy that, uh, she, and in his mind, you're changing your job just for him. He's so that's a good thing. Right. He's right. I miss him so much. And I'm changing jobs where I have more time to park and we can play and out and sniff around and do things dogs like. And I have to tell you, he feels like he is just the king of the world because you would do something as important as change your job just for him. I am. So you couldn't have done something that would make him feel happier. 
Thank you, Joy. You're very welcome. Thanks, Jeannie, for your call. one 405 8405 That's toll-free to our dream team here at Animal Radio. Earlier in the show, Dr. Debbie was telling us some of the hazards that come along with this time of the year. And we were talking about antifreeze. What are some of the other hazards that come along with October? Well, you know, the big thing with cold weather is uh, rat poisons. There's a couple different styles. One that causes bleeding and another one which causes a neurologic problem. So, you know, don't think your dog won't get into this stuff. If you put it in the environment, they can seek it out very readily. And it is very dangerous. And then the other thing is really mushrooms as cooler really? weather. Um, yeah, mushrooms um, as they grow. Um, there's you know a certain population of them that are toxic, and it's just hard to know which ones are toxic. Only one percent of wild mushrooms are toxic. Um, but uh, you want to take that very seriously if your doggy gets into that. Well, how do I know? What are the symptoms? Well, you might see things like vomiting. They might be walking kind of wobbly, having tremors. Um, and the direct evidence is if they puke up any um, pieces of mushroom, okay. then you definitely want to get them to the vet right away. Good to know. You know what I like about you is you tell us all the things that happen at your office so that we can prevent them. So we, we well, can that's how we learn. Them. Learn from everyone else's mistakes. one And it's time for your resident party animal, and that'd be me, Vinnie Penn. Uh, just hung up the phone with uh, my sister who lives out in Las Vegas. She had to go because she was having what she called a play date with her dog. She has a girlfriend who got uh, the same dog, same time as her. They're, uh, technically, the dogs are uh, brothers. I don't know, brother and sister or sisters. I don't know. I never inquire about the sex of the animal when a dog is introduced into a family. But she said, yeah, we're having a play date with the dogs. And I said, well, this this is a brilliant idea. And she said, yeah, she comes over once a week and we let the dogs play in the yard and then we get to catch up. We also have a yappy hour, she said. And I, and I said, excuse me? She goes, yeah, yappy hour. You know, we, we have drinks. We'll crack open a couple of bottles of wine. And I thought to myself, this is not a play date for the dogs. No matter what clever name you come up with. Whatever, guys, this is an excuse for you to uh, get drunk with uh, your girlfriend uh, under the ruse that you care about your animals and then um, drive the little guy home drunk. And I've met her friend, Anne-Marie, before. I could see her propping her dog up in her lap and having that dog steer the car. Yappy hour. Vinnie Penn, Party Animal, Animal Radio. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Frolicat. And we're going to give it away one of those Frolicat bundles right now. That includes the Frolicat Bolt, which is an interactive laser toy that provides hours of fun for you and your feline friends. The Frolicat Twitch, and also the Frolicat Dart. We've, we've been playing with these in the studio. We'll turn the lights off in Aren't the they studio. Fun? I don't know. They're, and they're cool looking. They oh, are. Wow. They're so designer stylish. They look like something from Apple. And they, uh, I think we're actually having more fun with them than I, I think cats are going to I mean, we're going to finally let them in to play with them, too. <laughs> See, so you don't even need to have cats that can no, enjoy these don't. things. No, you sure don't. Let's go ahead and give that away right now at one 405 8405 for the Frolly Cat Bundle. Learn more over at frolicat.com. That's F-R-O-L-I. 
cat.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Dogfather Joey Volani. Well, I got an email from, and I know I'm, I'm butchering this. I'm, I'm the worst. I really am the worst at when, when, when the names are a little unusual. And I think it's Mamesy Haysworth. She has a cocker spaniel, and the problem that she's having, and it's very common, is the dog has very, very rough um, um, pads on his feet. And the dog is jumping up on her, and it's pulling her um, her, her clothes, her skirts, her, her pantyhose, stockings, whatever. And um, it's just ruining everything, and she wants to know what to do. Well, the first thing, as long as it's, there's nothing medically wrong, and usually if, there's, if it's medically wrong, the um, feet are, are a little bit swollen. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to look a little bit unusual. If everything looks fine... Um, around the, the the foot itself and the pad itself, and there's no irritation, no swelling, and it's just basically broken down, cracked pads. It's actually really easy. You know, what we used to do in the salon house. What? We used to actually do a spa treatment that um, really we used to soak the dog's yeah. We used to soak the dog's feet in 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 a solution that was actually made just for the pads, and they would sit in there just like Madge with palm olive um, five minutes if you remember that commercial. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know about my age um, and we would soak the dog in and it would soften the pads of the feet and then we would get this pad cream which you can almost get in, in um you can get it in a lot of the um, professional catalogs um, um, and, and, and apply it. It's a little bit harder to find for the general public. Um, so, I mean, every now and then you, you may get lucky and find it in a pet salon, but I don't, they really don't stock it that much. But what you can do is this. You don't have to do the soaking part of it. If you did do the soaking part of it, it would work actually probably within um, the, the, the first time that you do it to really soften up and you get the, um, the ointment in there. But if you if you don't want to do that and you, and you can't find anything else, there's a couple of things that you can use. Number one, you can use bag bomb, which works bag wonderful. Bomb. Now, now, bag bomb, you can find it in most drugstores, and believe it or not, it's for severely cracked and dry hands. But originally, what it was used for was used on the udders of cows oh. to keep them from chafing. And it comes in this can. The can will last you about 425 years when you buy it. <laughs> I mean, I've had one. I've had one now, without an exaggeration, about eight years, and I don't think I've went through a quarter of it. And I actually wow. use it. You know, quite often, um, and you, you just you know really put it on there, pretty heavy. Rub it in good. Um, you want to be careful because it's it, it is a little bit oily. So if you got carpets and stuff, you don't want it. You don't want it to stain. I'm not sure if it would, but you know what? Be safe with it. Rub it in real good. There's other things that work great, but and here's the problem: coconut oil, olive oil work wonderful. But here's the problem: your, your pet likes it, and they like the taste of it. Some of them. So what they end up doing is they start licking and chewing their feet, and sometimes they even do it enough where it causes irritation because they like the way it tastes. I mean, you could try the unrefined coconut oil because you can get that basically anywhere, but I'm going to say nine times out of ten, your dog is going to like it, but it works wonderful. And you could also do that on a cracked nose, too, as well. It works really good. But if you just went with the bag bomb to be safe and you put it on, Put it on every single day. In about a week's time, you're going to notice a difference. Now, 
other than being here in California, but mainly the rest of the country, with the weather starting to turn, um, in the cold weather, it's it's like our skin. So their pads are going to crack more and, and get more chafed as it gets colder out. So you can um, you want to start it now if you're in a climate that gets a little bit chilly or you're going to get snow. And it actually keeps their feet healthier, um, um, keeps them out of pain. So it's something that you want to do. If not, maybe your local groomer just does it. Not many people did the spot treatments like we did, but the ones that do, they actually work um, real well, but it's probably less expensive to do it on your own. Well, yeah. what I do and, with um, my with my little ladybug is I put the balm on the pads of her feet. She sleeps in a kennel at night, so before she goes to bed, I put the balm on her feet and then put her in the kennel, so she's in the kennel all night and she's not walking around. She doesn't chew on it? No, and it gives her a chance to soak in, and by the time she wakes up in the morning, she's, nice, she's soft got nice soft She has feet. nice soft feet. You yes. see that? I do it overnight. And that's important. We yes. like I like my feet soft, so why not you why not your pets? Yes. Uh, there you go. A great tip from Joey Villani, the dog father on Animal Radio. That's all we have time for today. Don't forget to visit us over at our Facebook page or online at AnimalRadio.com and download the Animal Radio app for your smartphone. And uh, with your smartphone, also check out the brand new Kindle Yorkshire Terriers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. By and the other three titles are out, too. Oh, the, yes, they are. Just released. Amazon.com uh, or 101publishing.com. Shih Tzu's Trousers and Pugs. <laughs> wow. Dog romance novels. When are they coming out with dog romance novels? <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep it clean, though. The Fifty Shades of Kitty Roca. <laughs> the Ten Smells of Anal Glands. <laughs> Have a great week. We'll see you next week on this fine station. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.